Welcome to the Heard It Here podcast, the official podcast of the Nebraska Cattlemen. Today we have a very special guest in-house with us at Nebraska Cattlemen's office to chat about the current state of affairs of a number of topics important to the members of Nebraska Cattlemen, including transportation, tax, and of course, cattle markets. So welcome, Senator Fisher. We're happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. So let's start uh, kind of talking about the current events of what's happening right now in Washington, D.C. So historically, in the month of August, Congress goes on recess. Elected officials are back in their districts conducting business, but that's not necessarily been the case for you guys this year. So can you share some details about the workload that's been taking you back to D.C. during August recess? Yeah, sure. You know, we've, we were able to pass a transportation bill in a bipartisan way, and that's probably uh, the biggest thing that happened at the beginning of August. And I've, I say that um, how important it was that it was bipartisan because it didn't need to be. The Democrats could have passed a bill on their own through a process called reconciliation. And it would have been a horrible infrastructure bill, in my opinion, if they would have uh, done it all on their own. But there was a handful that reached out to some Republicans, and they bucked their own leadership. They bucked uh, Senator Schumer, and they worked with Republicans to get a bipartisan bill. And that's important because infrastructure has always been bipartisan. You know, when I was first in the Nebraska legislature, I've, I think it's just important to set priorities, and it's especially important for government to set priorities. And I thought, okay, what are the priorities of the state? What should state government do? It should be public safety, it should be infrastructure, it should be education. And when I went to the Senate, the United States Senate, I thought, okay, what are the priorities of a federal government? Well, first and foremost, it has to be national defense, national security. And the other one's infrastructure. You know, those are the priorities. That's what that's what uh, government should use taxpayer money to fund. And so when this handful of Democrats were willing to work with Republicans, there was an opportunity there. And um, I wasn't part of that original group, but they worked together for many months, came up with some good ideas. It wouldn't be a bill that I would have written. I wouldn't have had a, a lot of public transit money in there because I think that goes to big cities like San Francisco sure. and New York City. Um, but money for roads, for bridges, for airports, uh, for, for waterways, for water infrastructure, you know, those are, those are true traditional core infrastructures, and they're core duties of government. So um, I started giving my input on what I wanted in the bill, and uh, we were able to agree on some things. The Halls Act is one of those that, that I got in the bill, and, um, and I voted for it. And so um, now we'll see what happens with the House and where it goes from there. There, there are a couple things I've, I've heard from Nebraskans about, about uh, vehicle miles traveled, the, the BMT, and that that's mandatory in this bill. That's not true. It is, it is not mandatory. It's a pilot program that individuals can sign up for on their own to participate in, but it is not mandatory. The other one seems to, to tie this core infrastructure bill with this monstrosity that followed the $3.5 trillion <laughs> spending bill, and no Republican voted for that $3.5 trillion spending bill, and that was passed through that reconciliation process. So I think that that, that shows 
good things were able to come about on a on a bipartisan infrastructure bill that that's going to benefit Nebraska, and it's going to move all those core core infrastructure projects ahead, and it's also added broadband, which to me broadband is is a priority for me. So to have um, more money going for broadband so it can be deployed in rural areas around the state of Nebraska. Uh, I mean, can you imagine the benefits that has for rural communities, for precision agriculture? So there's good things in there. Uh, is it perfect? No. But uh, there's good things in there, and it's going to help our state. So you kind of hit the nail right on the head of the two probably biggest infrastructure conversations that we have, which is transportation and obviously broadband yeah. as well. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about transportation specifically, because obviously for our industry, transportation of livestock is, is critical, right? Uh, into feedlots, out of farms and ranches, you know, to, you know, for the processing. Uh, and we greatly appreciate, as you referenced, the Halls Act and the 116th, and again, the 117th Congress. So can you share with our members who may not fully know what the Halls Act is and what it does? Can you share some of the details about sure. that? Sure. Uh, the Halls Act is a bill that I've worked on um, for a few years now, and it would um, really acknowledge the difference in in trucking, in hauling uh, live animals, and and how that affects hours of service. You know, I've heard from from so many truckers, so many livestock haulers, uh, about the restrictions that they face with hours of service and that you're supposed to pull off the road someplace where we don't know for sure and unload your animals where we don't know but to be able to do that uh, that that's just kind of ridiculous we need more flexibility for our livestock haulers and this bill uh, provides that as I said we were able to get that into this big transportation or infrastructure mm -hmm. bill and that's a uh, that was important to do because it's been an uphill battle to get that passed. And to be able to get it in that infrastructure bill was, was a big, big win. What the Halls Act is going to allow is that more flexibility. Uh, 150 air miles will be, you'll be able to add onto the destination end of a haul. And um, that's one important thing that I heard from truckers that they needed to have. And um, hopefully we're going to um, be able to keep that in and get it done. Sure. Well, we appreciate your dedication to this issue because, um, again, it's of high importance to our members. You know, when I first uh, spoke with um, Pete Buttigieg, who's the con or the Transportation Secretary, mm -hmm. uh, we had a we had a meeting because my one of the committees I'm on, we have had to confirm him to get him out of committee to confirm him to the and then have the full Senate vote. But I brought up about livestock hauling. And he had never heard about that before. And so um, then at a, another point in time, I heard him speak about hauling livestock. So the next time I spoke to him, I said, you know, you, you paid attention. You paid yeah. attention, and, and I appreciate that you did. And it's, you know, it's being able to, to express our needs that we have here in the state of Nebraska to maybe some administration officials who have no clue uh, what kind of lives we have here, um, that, that helps in getting things done, too. Yeah, and that's the cool part about you yourself being a cattle producer, um, that you can, you know, relay that uh, with uh, a level of uh, genuineness, you know, that's 
that really has an impact that, that folks listen, so that's pretty cool. Well, people tend to say I'm pretty blunt. Uh, <laughs> I like to say I'm from Nebraska. <laughs> we're, we, we all believe in saying what we believe in this state, and, yeah. uh, and that's, that's how it should be. So maybe more appropriately with the level of bluntness there that we people go. listen to <laughs> and respond to. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so speaking of, of issues, we can't hardly sit here, you and I, and have a conversation about issues of importance to our members without talking about cattle markets, mm-hmm. price discovery, market transparency, um, you know, the recent hearings in the U.S. House and Senate on cattle markets and the Judiciary Committee. Um, can you can you share with us kind of what's the state of play right now for your Cattle Market Transparency Act, and, and what are you hearing from your colleagues, you know, post-hearings that have happened in the House and Senate on the ag side, but then also on the judiciary side yeah. where there are some folks there who aren't necessarily from ag states or farm states? Right. Nebraska is pretty unique in that we represent all segments of the mm-hmm. industry. You know, we have, we have a cow-calf industry with four of our counties in the top 10 nationally for mother cows. We have large and small feedlots. We have backgrounders. We have, uh, we have three of the top four packers. Um, so we've, we have all the segments, and I want all of those segments to profit. We need a healthy industry in the state if we're going to continue to be um, uh, a force in producing livestock. Uh, but we also need to make sure that that information is available, that we do have transparency out there so that people can make wise market decisions. Um, a big part of that uh, Cattle Market Transparency Act is uh, establishing the cash basis. And there's been attempts in the past to try and get that done. And um, I, I thought the best way to go about it after after working with my great staff on this, uh, working with people here in Nebraska and, and also nationally, the best way to look at it was trying to uh, figure out what the markets are doing regionally instead of having a national mandate. Uh, Iowa and Nebraska, they have um, a pretty robust cash market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's over 30%. Texas doesn't. Um, you know, as a cow-calf producer, I don't really care what... Texas is doing. I want to know what's going on in Nebraska. Uh, And the same with feedlots. They want to know what's going on in Nebraska. So to be able to have um, to have that uh, information is extremely helpful. Another part of the bill deals with uh, a cattle uh, contract library. Again, so you have the information on what the contracts are between between a packer and a a feeder, for example, to have that. Um, It's the whole, the whole idea here is to have more transparency, to have that information um, so that everybody has a chance to profit along the way as we, as we market this critter down the road. And um, it's, we're seeing, I think, a lot of momentum right now. Senator Grassley and I uh, pushed to get a hearing in July, and we did in the Ag Committee. Uh, he's also on Judiciary Committee. I talked to Senator Durbin, who's chair of the committee, too, and uh, one of those late nights when we were voting, I, I visited with Senator Durbin about having a, a hearing on, uh, on, on the markets and understanding what's going on with, uh, with Packers, and uh, Senator Grassley followed up, and, um, and they had the hearing in judiciary. 
So we have, I think, um, a window here where we've got momentum, but it's important to bring um, bring every everybody together. So that's where we are right now is trying to work with Senator Grassley staff so we can get uh, buy-in on one bill, try and get it through the LRM reauthorization or LMR reauthorization, and uh, and get that um, as our vehicle moving forward. Now that might just see a short-term reauth, but um, you know there's still a chance to to be able to take advantage of this and get some things done. So this is definitely an issue where there's a lot of perspectives, as you've talked about the different sectors and scopes that we have here. Um, you know, kind of our biggest asset, but sometimes can be our biggest challenge trying to get everybody kind of on the yeah. same page. When your conversations with your colleagues on this issue who may not have as robust of a cattle industry in their state, can you shed some light on how some of those conversations go uh, kind of with our members trying to talk to a either a non-ag state senator or somebody whose ag is not solely focused on, the, on cattle like the beef state? It's tough, you know, but I always say every state uh, is an ag state. There's just a lot of diversity sure. with, within the ag industry. Uh, for example, uh, the chairman of the ag committee, Debbie Stabenow, she's from Michigan. She talks about cherries a mm -hmm. lot. Um, I can't really identify with, with cherries a lot, but I can talk cattle and corn and beans and, and wheat. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it's just being able to to recognize the importance of agriculture. Um, it's difficult environment when you get to livestock because of um, some senators seem to have uh, obviously different environmental concerns that you have to kind of counter a lot of misinformation sure. that's out there on that. Um, my good friend Cory Booker is a vegan. Uh, so, you know, we, uh, we agree to disagree but in looking at some of these issues, um, realizing he's coming from a different place and recognizing in, in the end he is not a friend to our industry, mm -hmm. um, there are still ways that we can hopefully work together to, to get more transparency in some of these items. In a, so take it step by step, recognizing um, you know, he's could be an adversary in the in the future. You you go in with your eyes open in these relationships, but um, so there's I think there's still ways you can work together. It's great um, to have John Tester, who's a farmer in Montana, who's a Democrat. He was uh, extremely helpful on the Halls Act uh, because he um, he gave us a Democrat vote on the Commerce Committee that I needed to be able to show the chairman, who's a Democrat, to show her that I had my votes to get that bill out of committee. So she, she was um, more amenable to, to working with us then. And um, so it's, you, you take each issue where you're at and, sure. and, try to, um, and, and try to present information, but also um, show how we can, we can work together on some of this stuff too. Yeah, that inside baseball conversation like this is kind of, it's really interesting to, I mean, those of us who have colleagues in other states, who we have similar conversations uh, yeah. with them as well. You so know, there's going to be times that we're just never going to work together right. on certain things. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to accept that and, um, and 
and move on. That's one thing I learned in the Nebraska legislature. You can't take the, take things personally uh, because on the next vote, you, you may get somebody on the next vote to, uh, to agree with you on something. And so you, you always need to be um, open and rational and reasonable and present your arguments well. So you mentioned the state legislature again. So let's talk about something that you probably talked about a fair amount in the state legislature, which is taxes. Now, on the state side, it was obviously property taxes. Always property. Always <laughs> yes. property taxes. But shifting over to tax conversations that are currently happening um, on the federal side of things, um, can you talk a little bit about what the lay of the land is with, with current tax proposals coming from the, the Biden administration, kind of what they are and where you see them going in the next couple? I'm, I'm very worried. I am uh, very concerned when we look, as I, I referenced it earlier, that $3.5 trillion, I called a monstrosity, monstrosity. Uh, <laughs> that, that package that uh, um, passed through reconciliation with no Republican votes. Uh, how are you going to pay for it? Well, obviously, the Biden administration is looking at tax increases. And um, I, I don't think in in the environment we're in now, especially where we're looking at inflation continuing to grow, uh, where we're looking at jobs reports that, that weren't as good this last month, where we're looking at an economy that's um, slowing down in many aspects. Um, I don't like tax increases anytime, but certainly not now. Um, there's a few that I'm extremely concerned about, the stepped up in basis. Uh, that's going to affect uh, probably every farmer and rancher, every ag producer. It's going to hit small businesses. Uh, this is something that can can take out um, a family business very, very easily. And I have heard more about stepped up in basis in the last um, eight months than I than I probably had ever heard about previously. So that's a huge concern. And then a, a tax on capital gains is... Um, Devastating, devastating. So um, hopefully um, we'll, we'll be able to stop that. I have joined a number of letters uh, from Republicans to the administration um, trying to point out how devastating these changes would be to our states and the economies in our states if this would happen, not even counting the, the really the inconsolable harm it would do to families. That's right. And we've, you know, taken a similar approach with, you know, hill-facing letters and letters to the administration with our, with our uh, national coup with NCBA. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the timeline for some of these tax proposals. So from what we've heard from folks that the conversations would intensify after the infrastructure bill and after budget conversations, do you see that still kind of being you know, here as we get into September and October, kind of being the timeline where those conversations will intensify? Oh, I'm sure we will. I mean, when we're looking at the uh, budget reconciliation right now, uh, Senate, I know Senate um, Democrats have been meeting, the chairman of the committees have been meeting, trying to um, plan their part of the reconciliation, and that's going to include uh, the Finance Committee, which is going to look at uh, taxes and how it's all going to be paid for. So that will, that will happen, I think, sooner rather than labor. later. I think we'll see, um, I'm trying to think of what I, what I 
just read on dates that um, Senator Schumer wanted to get a bill up. I think by the 20th, I don't think he's going to make that deadline because they aren't moving that fast. But, um, you know, Republicans were, you know, I sound pretty partisan today, but that's where we're at. But, you know, Republicans, I think we're going to um, stand firm against that. You know, we had um, a good tax reform package in 2017 that we passed. Uh, we saw the economy take off before COVID hit and, um, and really was, was harmful and a lot of uncertainty out there. Uh, saw it starting to recover again, but now all this talk about, um, first of all, repealing some of the 2017 taxes, instituting new taxes, um, yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainty, and, and I think we see that um, being played out in a number of ways. So we've talked about kind of the, the high-level, big-hitting, like, headline issues. Is there is there anything on the horizon uh, that you see or that we're kind of in the middle of that you see that we haven't talked about that you think is important for our members to hear from you on? Oh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I think... Um, I think when we look at agriculture, we all, all of us are aware of the, the technology that's out there. And we just, many of us don't, don't know for sure, first of all, if we're going to be able to even access it because we don't, we don't have the connectivity yet. And that's why broadband deployment is extremely important and so important in rural Nebraska. But also what, what is available? You know, when you look at precision agriculture, it's it is just it is just fascinating to hear everything that you can do. I mean, we know about all the tractors and what they can do, and in in uh, in planting and monitoring uh, the the soil temperature and moisture. But uh, you look at you look at feedlots and what you can what you can really monitor there. You know, how much water intake. Uh, is a feeder taking or, or feed intake or it, it is just amazing it is just amazing amazing you can monitor creep feeders you can I, I just think young people what an exciting field for them to be in mm -hmm. is to is to get involved in production agriculture and to, to take advantage of all the really cool things with technology that they're going to be able to use in the future. So when I talk to young people and they, you know, I ask, what are you going to do in the future? Everyone who says they're, they're going to be in agriculture, I just say, that is great. Because you, you have your whole future in front of you and it's going to change. And, and you'll be a part of that change. Yeah, the conversations that we have uh, with young folks who talking about the farm of the future, farming in the future, and how yeah. that all ties together. And it's it goes back to a lot of the work that, that you do with other other bills, other efforts outside of this type of work like broadband and other infrastructure and how it's all interconnected and yeah. how it's all equally important. So uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you oh. for all the work you do <laughs> on behalf of our members. Uh, you and your staff are always available. We highly appreciate that. Um, like, do you have any parting words? Oh, I just thank you. You know, uh, working with uh, uh, cattlemen and working with my my neighbors is um, it's just it's a wonderful opportunity that I have in the United States Senate. 
you guys have always been very supportive, uh, whether it's with infrastructure or, or broadband or anything. You know, I, I know I can always call on you and you get me the information and you get information out to uh, all your members. So I just appreciate the relationship that we have. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Heard It Here podcast the official podcast in Nebraska Cattlemen. Again, I'm Ashley Coles, Vice President of Government Affairs for Nebraska Cattlemen, and we're joined again by Senator Deb Fisher to highlight the good work she does for our members. Uh, for more episodes of the Heard It Here podcast, visit the Nebraska Cattlemen's website at www.nebraskacattlemen.org.